1: in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire
0: professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social Index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis and they have a look back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Thank you for doing this. you mind giving me you know, your name, your title, and your role? Sure, my name's Matt Peckman, and I'm the director for gins at Diageo. Director of gins, that's a great title. It is a pretty good title. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had one that could. What, so you, you won an Effie um, for Tonight We Tangere. Tell me a little bit about what was the key insight behind that campaign, or, or what, what was the magic behind that big idea?
1: So let me take a step back and give you a little bit of context around that and how uh, we realized that we needed mm-hmm. a brand-new consumer insight for the brand. So when I started on the brand in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, Tigray had not grown in six years, mm. which is an eternity My. in consumer products goods. So we knew that we had to start over and completely restage the brand, mm-hmm. and that meant going back to first principles. And for that, we really needed a powerful consumer insight. So we took a, a deep look at mm-hmm. our consumer and our guy, he's he's smart, he's educated, uh, he's successful, he's driven. He wants to get more out of life mm-hmm. and take things up a notch. So he wants to be able to use his, his experience, mm-hmm. his skills, his wit, his social charisma to elevate his experience mm-hmm. and the experiences of those around him Mm -hmm. across all the points that he's passionate about. So it might be something as simple as putting a great sear on his steak when he's having a backyard barbecue. It might be that one unique accessory that pulls together his signature look, or it might be that one little flourish that that takes a cocktail from being good to great. Mm -hmm. So he really wants to get the most out of his experiences and uh when it comes to setting the tone for his evening Mm -hmm. or having a great night out we tanqueray wants to give him the confidence Mm. and the know-how to do exactly that so the confidence to go in and go into a bar and order the right cocktail that's going to set the tone for his evening to go out with a great plan and kind of grab the night by the junipers and create a great experience for himself so we, from that sort of insight mm-hmm. around our consumer liking to step things up, mm-hmm. we created Tonight We Take Your which is really, it's a call to action. It's a rallying cry to take your night up a level.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the team behind this campaign. What, Who was it? And what makes a good team?
1: So... Uh, the team that we have, Team Tanqueray, uh, I'm incredibly proud of for the hard work and the commitment that they've had to deliver this campaign. So the team consists of myself and my immediate team on gins at Diageo, and then uh, Mother is our lead creative agency, and we've been blessed with a fantastic team uh, on the agency side that you know delivered some fantastic creative behind this and has been a, a great partner all the way through over the last uh, three and a half, four years on the campaign.
0: What makes a good partner
1: in your mind? I think it really helps when you have a strong personal relationship. So I feel like I feel like our agency is almost an extension of our own team. They're also friends. Uh, you know, again, being part of this industry, we tend to go out for cocktails quite a bit, and we love going out with them. And it's always a lot of fun, and it helps bring us together as a team. And that really helps you when you have that fam- level of familiarity, and we know that they do great work. We know that they inspire us regularly, but it really helps in the process with them feeling comfortable presenting us ideas that are maybe a little bit off the wall, and it makes us feel more comfortable giving them feedback because we could be completely honest and transparent on both ends. And it's it's that sort of you know transparency that really helps the ways of working where it feels like a true partnership and like the agency is a seamless extension of your own team and to me that's that's helped us work really really effectively on the campaign
0: what does this award mean to you and all of that hard work
1: it's really exciting the award is winning the award is, is really exciting and it makes me incredibly proud of the team and the agency it's absolutely great to get external recognition and validation of what we've always known internally to be a really fun vibrant exciting campaign
0: so you talked about the core consumer and what he's trying to get out of this. Were there any challenges going from that key insight to then getting it the campaign launched?
1: Once we established how tonight we take Ray could help our consumer set the tone for his evening, everything kind of flowed from there. So we developed our brand world very quickly after that. We wanted to bring we wanted to bring some style, some fis- sophistication, mm-hmm. some swagger, some attitude to the brand. To give it a compelling identity that to that so that our target consumer would think to our brand when he again is looking to create a better experience for himself and his friends. So uh, the brand world and the brand voice flowed from there and the campaign actually came together fairly quickly after we cracked that insight. Uh, The real hard part was taking a brand that had it grown mm-hmm. in six years and was sort of at a low ebb in terms of brand health, in terms of equity, and in terms of internal belief and confidence mm-hmm. in the brand. So the heavy lifting that we had to do that first year was really about convincing the organization that this campaign would work and this would be the campaign that takes Rate back into growth. And that was, that was the real challenge of this. It was a little bit more internal uh, because we felt great about the work, the creative, the campaign and how we would bring it to life, but we really had to prove it first.
0: FEs are about marketing effectiveness. So I really want to get your sense. You've talked about um, taking Tanqueray and moving it forward. How do you define marketing effectiveness?
1: Well, I think I think we're in agreement on, you know, you can produce great creative, but if it's not effective in moving the needle on your brand, then it's not really working that hard for you. So we view ourselves as brand owners, in addition to being marketers within Diageo. So, you know, my team and I feel like we are the brand owners. We're accountable for our brand's P&L and we feel like we are responsible for every aspect uh, that contributes to the brand's success. So in acting like owners, the ultimate arbiter is brand performance. Uh, It's how many cases are we selling year over year? How How much growth are we driving for the business? You know, that's the ultimate scorecard. That's whether you're winning, or you're losing, but you can get a lot more nuanced than that, obviously. So you need to understand which marketing channels are doing the heavy lifting for you, which ones are being the most effective, which ones are driving that growth. And then, uh, right behind brand import, uh, brand performance would be brand health and brand equity. So you wanna be driving up those key brand health metrics with your consumers. You can see where your campaign's being effective in changing consumer perceptions of your brand and where it's not, you can course correct as necessary. And we're real big on strengthening, really strengthening our brand equity because we want it all. We want great performance, we want strong equity, uh, which gives you the ability to take price as well. And when you earn the ability to take price, it
0: can really step change your share game. So I want to turn to you. You're successful in your career. Is there anything that fuels you that, fuels you as a person? Uh, there's a lot of things, I think, that, that motivate me. Uh, first and foremost,
1: my team, Team A, really prides itself on being incredibly passionate. We live this brand. I said earlier, we act like an owner, uh, but we really try to embody the spirit of the brand. And fortunately, I work in an industry that's a lot of fun, and I work for a brand that it's really easy to be passionate about. You talk about standing on the shoulders of giants. Well, Tankeray is a brand that has 184 years of history and heritage that goes back to a real guy, Charles Tankeray, uh, who was a giant. He's the one who founded the brand. And it's an honor and a responsibility to get to work on this brand. And I hope that the work we're doing lives up to the legacy of, of Charles Tanqueray himself. So, that's, our, that's a big source of inspiration and responsibility for us. In terms of providing motivation for myself, there's, there's kind of three people that I look to. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt is one of them. Uh, I just, you know, his whole life is kind of inspirational, but it's really the man in the, re- the arena speech the one that that starts out with, it's not the critic that counts, that really fires me up. And it's all about setting really high aspirations for yourself. It's about the value of hard work to achieve those aspirations. And it's about going out there and being bold and making something happen. It's not about sitting on the sidelines. And if you fail, you know you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you you get back in there. So uh, that motivates me quite a bit. Uh, In the same vein, Winston Churchill as well. Uh, this was a guy who stuck to his principles in the face of, you know, intense criticism in a lot of areas, and he was unflaggingly optimistic, extremely determined, and you know he never he never gave up, right? He said, uh, "Success is going from failure to failure without losing any of your enthusiasm," and I think that's that's a big part of what motivates us. Is you know we're just going to keep working hard and keep doing what we believe in to keep going. And then uh, the final one uh, is something I borrowed from, from Lou Holtz, who was the, the former head football coach of, of Notre Dame. Your alma mater, right? True, yes. Uh, but uh, this was something that I picked up on when I was in school there. And he had two principles that, you know, if, if you believe in these, these two principles and you follow them, I think you'll really never be indecisive again. So it's, it's the do right principle. Always do the right thing. Really, really simple. Put your integrity first. And the second one is, is when, W-I-N, what's important now. And it's focusing on what's important. What can I accomplish today that's going to help me achieve my long-term goals? And that helps you focus on the important versus the urgent, which is a distinction. When you're in this age, when you know, you're incredibly busy, you need to focus on the important things. And if you combine those two things, if you always do what's right and you always stay true to your purpose, you know a lot of decisions make themselves.
0: Well, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to so step back from Tangeray. Are there brands out there that you're following that you admire? You think they're, they've got it right?
1: There's some that, that really work with me. These, these might be a little bit off the beaten path because I find myself really gravitating towards brands that, you know, they may be a little bit more low-key, but they've got great history. They've got great heritage. They've got great authenticity uh maybe a little bit of an edge, maybe a little bit badass. So something like a Harley Davidson comes to mind, uh where they've stayed true to their core uh with yeah, how right. I do. Uh it's it's a brand that I do have some heart and some passion for, but I, I admire that they've stayed true to the core of their brands and they they've really remained consistent with the times while managing to grow their business really successfully. That's one example. Um John Vervado's the, the fashion brands, which is really kind of like the intersection of fashion with rock and roll it brings a little bit of edge into the fashion space is something that uh, I've been paying attention to recently. And then I love stuff that's just crafted. Um, there's a company called Saddleback Leather that's basically this dude down in Texas making amazing leather bags. and. You know, really, really high attention to detail, high attention to craft, and not a lot of marketing, but great storytelling. You go to this guy's website; you could spend an hour reading his stories because it's incredible. Uh, and you know, even things like like denim. You know, going and getting handcrafted denim, like Imogene Willie out of out of Nashville, uh, or Ironheart out of Japan, just doing some really cool hands-on, handcrafted stuff that. know it makes consumers want to share their story just like i'm sharing it sharing it with you here you know you you kind of connect with these brands and you want to tell people that story is there a single
0: most important marketing trend or hot trend that you think you've got to watch out for if you're a marketer so
1: in terms of of trends that i think we need to consistently be aware of for us, it's it's really the shift towards digital and mobile. I'm sure you probably hear that quite a bit, but for us it's it's incredibly relevant and it's something that, you know, is a challenge for us because you've got you've got convergence across media channels and you need to be sure that every consumer touch point, every time you're communicating with your consumer is consistent with your brand voice and the messaging that you want to convey. And when you've got you know all of these channels it's a challenge to keep that going. Um, And we're all kind of learning in the digital space in real time, almost. There's new platforms coming up regularly. You need to decide which ones you want to participate within, which ones you want to scale up, which ones might not be the best connection moment with your consumer. And then you need to figure out how to best use them and best amplify them. And that's the challenge. And I feel like on Tanqueray, we've done a really good job of that. Our target consumer is hugely digitally savvy. Mm -hmm. He spends a ton of time online a ton of time on his mobile device uh less a user of traditional media and we've had to adjust our our channel mix accordingly so when we first started tonight we tank we were heavy into out of home we had television digital was a component of it but it was around 25% of our mix and over the last 3 years we've shifted that up to 48% of our mix which is focused on digital
0: and mobile so you bring up two two pieces i want to go into okay. One is digital and transformation. Some people have hypothesized that digital is gonna be basically your only tool in the future. Do you agree with that? Do you push back at that at all? So
1: I'm a little bit old school. So what I personally, the way I choose to consume media and engage with brands is probably a little bit different. But certainly, you know, if you look forward 10 years, 15 years, and just look at the changes that have taken place in the last five years, you. You can imagine a world where digital becomes more and more prevalent with things like Google Glass and wearable technology. And it's going to be more and more seamlessly integrated into our lives that's such that we'll almost take it for granted. And then the trick is finding a way to leverage that space to connect with your consumers in a way that's not obtrusive, in a way that enhances that experience, and in a way that wants, makes them want to engage with your brand.
0: Does it do anything to the organization? How do you, how do you harness digital? It's so fragmented. Yeah,
1: I think more than ever, you just need to be incredibly agile. You need to be incredibly savvy about what's happening. You really need to have an, a deep understanding of your target consumer, how they're consuming media, where they're spending their time, and combine that with you know, the right connection moment so that you can, you can inspire them and you can become a part, a part of uh, their repertoire in a way that you know, they're absolutely open and receptive to
0: let's circle back to mix you said your mix changed as you launched the campaign how do you see your mix evolving over the next couple of years
1: i think more so than a shift across channels i think it's just going to be looking at how can we be the most agile the most responsive and the most targeted to our consumer so whereas you know when we started the campaign we were running tv spots and we were doing a lot of out of home boards we're still doing that that's still part of our mix traditional print is part of our mix but we're really looking at being much more targeted much more mobile where our consumer is spending his time and we're looking to become a little bit more conversion oriented we're three years into this campaign now and uh we've made great strides in driving awareness and building this this stylish sophisticated world around around the brand and uh, we're looking to find ways to move from the consideration or the awareness building mm-hmm. to conversion, and how do we get consumers into bars and
0: restaurants ordering takeaways as their first drink of the night. How do you think about ROI in that case? You've, you've done a lot of out-of-home um, digital, a little easier. How do you think about ROI in, in the general sense?
1: Yeah, it's challenging. We we get pretty deep into measurement and evaluation and analytics. Uh, we have a lot of dashboards that we look at, and you need to bring the, the data and the facts but then you need to figure out a way to meld that with the art and to me again that comes from really a deep understanding of your consumer and how they're engaging with media and how your brand fits into that equation
0: as a gm do you think you have the tools that are that you need to to forecast out if you will the impact of this next campaign and it's okay if you don't you don't believe they're out there yet or they're not to the level of it that, that it's you it's it's a constant challenge to
1: figure out how you can critically evaluate year campaigns and our industry uh, fortunately or unfortunately because there's benefits to this is a little bit behind the times by law we're a three-tiered industry so we sell to wholesalers who in turn sell to the bars and restaurants and the liquor stores and grocery stores so the data that we get back in terms of sales information isn't quite as real-time as a lot of CPG companies are able to get so that prevents us from being as rigorous as we would like um, but it also frees us up, in a sense, to focus on other metrics and uh, how we evaluate different
0: aspects of the campaign. Okay. Switching gears, I want to talk a little bit about research. How do you um, use research in, in your role? What, what, what's the best, if, if you could design a, a research, what's the ideal that you would want to have at your disposal? So research
1: is is absolutely very important to us. It goes back to what I said about having that deep fundamental understanding of your target consumer or consumers. And uh, we do a lot of it. You know, we have a a research budget that we set aside every year uh, that we use to test creative. We use it to uh, hold consumer focus groups, a lot of the traditional things that we do. Um, So it's, it's definitely important to understand how consumers are engaging with your brand. And also there's a lot of trends. Uh, out there in particularly in the on-premise and bars and restaurants about how consumers are engaging with beverage alcohol brands and we want to make sure that we're aware of those so we do a lot of formal research but also fortunately again the industry that we work in one of the most powerful ways to learn about your consumers or to learn what bartenders are into is to spend time in great cocktail accounts and talk with the bartenders watch what consumers are doing listen to what they're telling you and that's how we've we've derived a lot of our big insights around how we can help bring this brand to life
0: your campaign in particular heroes the bartender how do you get there from the the insight in terms of the consumer and the bartender how do those two work together
1: that's a great question so Uh, It came from our consumer insight that our consumer wants to elevate his experiences and the experiences of those around them using his wits, his know-how. We want him to be confident when he can go in and order a drink the right way. We know that a lot of consumers, actually 70% of consumers, when they walk into a bar or restaurant, they don't know what drink they're going to order. And a lot of them put their faith in the bartender. So the bartender is this person uh, who is extremely influential with the consumer and when the bartender gives a recommendation it carries a significant amount of weight so we want bartenders to love the brand just as we want consumers to to love tanqueray and we want them to recommend it to consumers we want them to put tanqueray cocktails on the menu we want tanqueray to be one of their go-to recommendations with the consumer and heroing that bartender it solidly places tanqueray in the bar in this dynamic sophisticated stylish place and Uh, It demonstrates the connection and the commitment that we have to bartenders and the industry and the trade and their influence in helping consumers have a great experience when they're out. A lot of consumers depend on that bartender and, you know, bartenders in many instances are reaching kind of rock star status.
0: So circling back to the organization, you talked about digital and the the need for digital coming uh, to the forefront. How does that shape the organization over the next five to 10 years? Does the organization have to shift? Does it have to pivot? Um, or, or do you think you've you guys have adapted well to that shift at this point?
1: That's a good question. So, with the pace of of the evolution within the space, and again, all the new platforms that are becoming available that consumers are latching onto, uh, and it's a challenge across all brands is how do they find ways to leverage those platforms to engage with their consumer in a way that's that's true to their brand, true to their identity, and. In order to do that, you need to, be, you need to be really agile. You need to be really nimble. Uh, you also need to be bold. You need to figure out where your consumer is, how to reach them, and make the decision to go after it, and then measure and evaluate uh, really rigorously after that. And that's what we've tried to do on our brand. Uh, digital media across Diageo, I believe, is about 17%. Uh, we're targeting 25 across the portfolio. Uh, but we're a little bit ahead of the game there. We're up to almost 50% in digital media on array. So uh, to some, I think we just need to be really agile, You know, have have a good understanding of what's coming and how our consumers are using it and adjust accordingly. But it's happening faster than it's ever happened before.
0: So what tips would you have for marketers today? Anything come to mind?
1: I would say the biggest thing that has worked most for me is do something that you love, be passionate about what you do. Um, I feel like given my background and experience, I'm confident that, you know, I could, I could market almost anything and do a good job at it, but it really, really helps when it's something that you can immerse yourself in, that you can feel tremendously passionate about and where you can really live the brand. And, you know, it's a little bit cliche, but, You know, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. There are mornings where I get up in the morning and I come out of the shower with the Rocky music playing in my head because I'm so fired up about going into work. And it makes all the challenges of any big company worthwhile when you have that deep passion for the brand and for the industry that you're in.
0: If you had the chance to do it all over again, change careers, what would you do? (laughs) That's a really good question. Wow. Wow.
1: So if I had to do it all over again and change everything, I'd probably do something that was uh, a little bit crazier, or a little bit more dynamic. You know, I'd love to try to be like a race car driver or something insane like that. But uh, in terms of realistic career choices, uh, you know, I made a conscious decision about five years into my career that I wasn't happy and I wanted to make the transition into something that would make me happy, both functionally into marketing and also into an industry that I really enjoyed and could be passionate about. So I did it. So in that sense, I wouldn't change very much at all about uh, where I am professionally.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more